Hello everyone and welcome to the Holistic Podcast where we speak about everything that encompasses every pillar of our health and well-being. The physical, mental, emotional, spiritual and energetic body and everything in between. I'm your host Tawna Woods, holistic coach, personal trainer and yin yoga teacher, passionately sharing knowledge, teachings with myself and industry experts to help support you in gathering tools to empower you to live your best life. Today on the show, I have my absolute dear friend and who I now like to call my mama bear, (laughs) Marina, um, who is my somatic coach that I've worked with probably over a year on and off. We did some intense, uh, it was a 12-week journey we did together. Yes. Um, Where we would had Zoom calls once a fortnight. Um, and from that 12 weeks, we developed a very deep connection and friendship, which has been very safe and special to me. Um, we've just actually come off a couple of hour long call together where we did, I experienced a really beautiful breathwork session. Um, and I am the lovely dummy that I seem to be for Marina and her, uh, her test that she needs to do for her studies, which is awesome. I'm the guinea pig, which I love because it allows me to experience new ways of somatic work and healing and it's all new and it's all very profound. Um, and the one I just experienced was was very deep but in a very gentle way which I love and when she initially said spoke about doing a breathwork session freaked me out a little bit because I related it to it being really intense and almost like you're going to hyperventilate and I have found over time that my nervous system doesn't really enjoy that um, and you'll find that we'll be talking about the nervous system quite a lot today but um, and expanding a little bit more in depth about that. But this one was really gentle and it really allowed me to really relax and slow down, which has been another huge thing that I have been working on over the years is slowing down and not going so fast in a million miles an hour. But the medicine in slowing down is that I get to really tune in and to feel what's going on internally for me, um, sensationally, and then allowing whatever needs to come up to come up to be processed or looked at. So thank you so much, Verena, for coming on the show with me and talking. (laughs) I'm very, very lucky. Welcome, welcome. Um, I would love you just to tell me what it is that you do with your, with, in, a, in a brief way, sensation, sensational relations that you are, what, if I was to come, if I was to come to you to find out what that was, what is it exactly that you do? Okay. 
Hi, Tona. Thanks so much for having me and thank you for being my guinea pig <laughs> for my ongoing education. Um, yeah, I actually uh, would like to start answering this question about what I actually do um, with sensational relations uh, by hooking into this thing of you calling me Mama Bear and us having uh, a friendship. And what I do is coaching. So I do somatic coaching, which is not to be confused with somatic therapy or therapy in general. Um, there's no uh, clinical relationship and uh, it is still therapeutic, but we have more options in, in coaching because we're not bound by the clinical relationship that therapists are bound by so it was a conscious choice for me to do that um, when I went into um, coaching as opposed to therapy and yeah it was when I went into it it was a bit of a, an unknown you know the navigating of closeness and professional distance and self-care with, with clients and I was very surprised and, um, and delighted to actually notice that I can just navigate that and I can um, withhold, you know, like um, uphold professional distance, but then also give of myself and share of myself and create beautiful relationships and, and friendships um, with people along the way in a way that doesn't create codependency. So very much wanting to put that as a, as a starter, you know, that coaching is quite different. It's not regulated like therapy so there will be many styles and even within somatic coaching there's many many different styles mm -hmm. and yes what i do is somatic coaching which basically in a nutshell looks at clients in a holistic way so we're looking at uh, the living body in its wholeness which is not just the mind it's not just the um the emotions it's also the neurology it's the psychology it's the biology it's the physiology of the whole organism the person as a whole that can't be separated into parts mm -hmm. and also comes with context so it comes with the context context of their lives the social context you know and the bigger context where we live and ancestry and so forth so yeah, very much um, a more a more holistic way of looking and meeting people and being in relationship with people. And yeah, so the somatic coaching is 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 uh, the big part of what I do, and I also weave in um, different mo uh, modalities. So often uh, I will bring in some kind of no, I, w I don't really want to call it breath work because breath work evokes that uh, image of, you know, quite rapid breathing or pranayama. It's breath flow, so very slow, yin yeah. style, um, parasympathetic breath. And then as a third thing that is really important um, to me is nature connection in quite yeah. a, a broad uh, broad way of, of bringing that to clients, uh, different tools of connecting into natures, into cycles, into ritual in nature and just seeing ourselves as part of the bigger organism. Mm, I love so much. I love that so much. And I love it that it all, I think that's why we resonated. I resonated so much with you was how you look at everything holistically and how that style of somatic coaching is looking at the entire being. It's exactly what you said. And that's, 
from having the coaching with you, you were actually, I, I had a, an experience where I, there was a catalyst for change for me and that led me to working with you. And I had never looked at myself or I guess prior, prior to that, different situations that had happened in my life had led me to understand that if we're not supporting our entire being and all those ways that you've said, then it can so easily crumble. And I talk about that so much. So the importance of nourishing every pillar so that we are a really solid functioning being. Um, but I do always like what you say about we're not broken. We were never broken, you know, mm -hmm. we're just supporting those, those parts of ourselves that we may have um, neglected over time. Um, but it really helped me to open my eyes up to the importance of all this stuff, but also opening, you really helped to open my eyes more so to the connection to nature and how important that that is. Um, and I guess, I, and, and actually how we are not separate from that. And I did get a taste of that when I did my first ever Vipassana that I ever did, and it does teach you that and that we're not separate. But bringing all of that in, and we'll talk about this later, but using nature and plants as to help us co-regulate as well. Um, and we'll explain what co-regulation is with the nervous system. One thing I wanted to start with before we move on is prior to meeting you and have working with you, I did work with counsellors, uh, one counsellor actually that I still love dearly to this day and I worked with for about 15 years while living in Monica. And as people that know me know that I have no issue with speaking or being vulnerable, I have a very open throat, very open heart, and I um, I had no issue with um, suppressing words or putting words to feelings or situations or events. Um, and over the years, that was sort of all I ever knew about was talk therapy. Mm -hmm. And that was all that was I was made aware of. And it was actually my our dear friend, Lara, which Lara, um, they actually told me about you um, and I had no idea what she was talking about in regards to this sort of coaching and we had a discovery call together but actually I will put the, the uh, Verena's link in the show notes at the end if you're wanting to do a discovery call to experience an experiential level what this is about so you can understand um, but I could only get so far with talk therapy and I do understand that many different modalities work for different people and we have to trial and error what works for us. It's not a one size fits all, there's many different layers and different things that we do quite often need to bring in to help with our healing journeys anyway. Um, but I found I, I only got so far with talking, but as soon as I worked with you and I got actually into the somatic stuff, meaning like the sensations in the body and you getting me to tune inwardly to my body and what I'm feeling and really slowing down and getting out of my head because I'm very much in my head and overthinking trying to solve problems, which turns out you can never sort 
sort your problems out in your own brain or this you know we create these stories around things and it um it influences our reality and our perception of everything due to past experiences and all, all of that but um it allowed me to heal and it takes time of course but to be able to reconnect or rewire neural pathways in my brain through sensations and feeling rather than I just found that this has been the game one of the game changers to healing my nervous system mm. so I would love you to share with me what your what your I guess your simple definition for people that have never heard about this or even talk of, even the words nervous system dysregulation or regulation mm. or co-regulation or like what is that because I know for me I had no no idea so and this I guess the most simple way possible what that means <laughs> yeah, yeah I know that's probably a hard a hard question but just to give a bit more understanding around what I just explained and how that helped with my healing journey in regards to talk therapy and yeah yeah cool. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's a good a good challenge to be able to talk about this in a simple way, um, yeah. because it might be you know sometimes the jargon around around it sort of puts people off. So the way I look at it, and what you're also speaking to, you know, us being in our heads, um, I think actually as society we're very trained uh, to be in our heads and to problem solve and through school. We are rewarded and encouraged to be in our heads a lot. So we get a lot of practice being in our heads. So there's nothing wrong with being in our heads. It's just going back to that, you know, the holistic way of looking at a human. We're not just uh, the part of our brains that makes words and that problem solves. So there's a lot of other areas in our brains uh, that process uh, much more primal inputs. And if you think about it, you know, as us humans actually having animal bodies that are beautifully designed for survival and have survived many thousands of years, um, you know, tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years evolution in the nervous system is basically, you know, the nerves and all the, our senses that pick up stimuli from the outside and from inside our bodies and react accordingly to keep us alive. And there is so much more information that comes to us via the body on quite a subconscious level. So there's this whole branch of the nervous system, which is called the autonomic nervous system, which controls things like breathing, heart rate. You know, if we would have to think about all the things that are happening in our bodies and send conscious control commands to, it wouldn't work, you know. So our bodies are mostly beautifully functioning in the background just doing their thing and then we have this conscious thought you know and we think that that thought is king where you know really i don't know the 95 percent of other things that are going on in our body probably call the shots not our big thinking brain so i'm not poo-pooing the big th thinking brain you know it's also been an integral part of our evolution and problem solving and learning and all these things are amazing and they're also part of healing you know so um if you're sort of talking about talk therapy only getting you so far 
Mm. I think that's what you're referring to is it's not an either or. Talk therapy is very important. It's important to connect person to person and be heard and be listened to and have reflection and have, you know, like input and so forth. Um, But then there's all this other stuff that happens to our bodies over the duration of our lifetimes from, you know, when we are conceived to when we die that we might not be able to put words to. Um, We might not consciously remember or we don't have words for or we don't even know it's there, but it's still there. And that also wants to be heard. And the way that we work in somatics is often uh, by paying attention to sensations in the body. And that's what it is, you know, like sensation is one way the body speaks to us. And we're not going, oh, you know, I'm feeling this this warmth here or this constriction there in the body, and it means this, because that would be imposing the cortical control over that. We're just naming it. We're just spending time with it and listening. And it's always this dance between, you know, we're, we're talking about bottom-up and top-down approach. So the bottom-up approach is feeling sensations in the body, listening to history, without making meaning so much and then the top down is making meaning and being allowed to do that being allowed to make story as well you know so it's it's the dance between the two Mm. Mm. yeah I love that so much and you saying um how a lot of the time as you say things that we talk about or things that have happened say and I guess why I came to you as well is I know that I'd been through quite a lot in my life and and at the time what I came to you for was like current on top surface stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but what it made me understand was what got me to that point and and getting my my body at that time was quite often in a state of dysregulation so whatever that means for the for the person you know suffering anxiety um, low mood, like sleep issues, um, weight issues, digestive issues, weight. yeah, digestive, digestive issues, yeah. yeah, massive digestive issues. So, so what I was learning was that uh, trauma, which I don't like even to say the word trauma because it's such, as you say, it's like a buzzword at the moment, mm. and even using the word trauma can put people off. It's like oh, they've had trauma, like it's this big thing. But we've all had trauma in some degree, whether it be even someone calling you a name at school or whatever. But but the, the things that happened, what I learned was those things that happened to us throughout our lives, whether we perceive it to be a huge thing or not, still can impact our bodies. And we hold these memories and these events in, our, in, our, in ourselves, in our fascia, Hence why, you know, I learned so much about the fascia with you as well. And hence what led me to do my uh, yin yoga teacher training because of learning how connected that we are and how much our body suppresses and holds these things in ourselves, which if not tended to and released, then can manifest in physical symptoms like what I just explained so without being able to, not being able to sleep not being able to regulate yourself feeling really overwhelmed and anxious and like 
I couldn't slow myself down. I couldn't calm myself down. I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea. And, you know, just, just being able to get the tools to an awareness actually to what was going on within me <clears throat> when certain things would happen and what triggers, what triggers were and what triggers meant and how it would put my body into a state that it would put it into a state from a past experience that I had had. So whether it be from childhood or a past event where my body was in a state of got put got put into a state of fear so it was in protection mode for me so fight or flight which I was constantly in for a couple of years which really wreaked havoc on my whole body mind soul everything um and that was what I had really ish a lot of issues with regulating so I didn't even know that there was ways to change that and tools that you could give me to bring the awareness to what was going on inside my body when something would happen. And not only that, be able to separate like past, which I'm still learning, I'm not perfect, say a past experience that's happened to me maybe five years ago and not confusing it with the present and what's right in front of me and understanding, no, this is just my body trying to protect me from a past thing that's not actually happening right now, for example. So there's... It's layers, of course, um, but yeah, just giving me those tools to use daily, which have been life-saving for me. Things like using the cordless ball and, um, you know, lymphatic system work and gut healing and all of those things that quite often we don't think about, but we need to nourish all of those things to help us, our organism as a whole. So could you speak a little bit about your journey as much as you can? Can I just add add something to just before we go into that? Like something that came up just listening, you know it's it's amazing, you know, like in a way, um what we're referring to is learning. So if something happens like happened in the past and we learned it. We mm-hmm. take that on board, and, and if if we learn something good, you know, like something that we deem useful, we're not questioning whether or not we should still believe in it in the present moment. In a way, like if something bad or like scary happened in the past, and we're still holding on to it, it's still a form of learning, you know. So, sure, mm-hmm. it is. It is sort of a conversation with with the body and with the mind and with the soul about whether or not things actually are dangerous now and if we still need to have those guards up but I I just would like to really invite um, gentleness and actually gratitude for our amazing ability to learn Mm. and that ability to learn you know the neuroplastic state sometimes gets us into trouble and keeps us stuck in, in survival responses that might not be appropriate anymore and you you know like you're saying yes that the word trauma definitely uh sometimes puts people off um it's because i I think often we associate trauma with these really big events that then might leave us with uh, post-traumatic stress symptoms or something you know like really big and then we are not really aware that uh, many small 
injuries to our psyche can also end up, especially at important developmental stages when we're much younger. But, you know, for those listeners that don't really like the word um, trauma, either because they don't really understand what it is or because it's too activating for them, I actually just like to use the word stress. And there's tra- traumatic stress, and then there's sort of everyday stress, and it, it's sort of on a on a, you know, it's 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 not black and white. It's sort of all mixed together. But if you think about it as stress to the system, um, the way that the nervous system is actually designed is that you complete stress cycles all the time. You know, a stressor comes in, you react to the stressor, and you have to discharge energy to calm back down. And trauma happens when we're not really able or allowed to finish stress cycles. And then that survival energy gets trapped in our body. And and that sort of leads to dysregulation and to um, sort of hypersensitivity to certain triggers and so forth. So, yeah, you know, like, and that can be anything. It can be a smell. It can be sounds. It can be the way that someone said something. And it's often on a very subconscious level because the other thing that I really would like to mention is um, the way I look at the nervous system is through polyvagal theory. So the theory that Dr. Stephen Porges coined, and I would, that's probably the the, the thing that I invite all clients and everyone I talk to into like uh, start um, learning a little bit about polyvagal theory, because understanding the principles of the nervous system um, just creates the basis for much much better understanding of yourself and of other people and just much more peaceful relationships um to self and to others and more compassion you know so yeah there's good resources on polyvagal theory and we can go into it a bit more later on if you want to or otherwise i can also give you uh, links to a really good resource for people that want to learn more about that yeah yeah and i feel like in People can, I'm sure you'd be open for people to reach out to you and ask you more questions and things like that. Um, yeah, because that's exactly right. If you don't have the understanding, even basic understanding of it, you know, I didn't even know what the vagus nerve was, like I said, but I didn't really know, like, you know, just when you start to uncover the stuff, it's just, it's really mind-blowing, isn't it? And and as you, as you said, it's, it gives you so much more compassion for other people because just with people how people react and why they react how they do and their um default mechanism for if something's happened or how they're relating with someone and how it triggers them and how they react from that it's not most of the time it's never any well it's not let's say 90 percent. i don't know it's never about the other person it's genuine you know it's whatever's going on with inside them and how they're they've learned to yeah. regulate themselves We're, and how we have learned to yeah how we've learned to it's called neuroception in polyvagal theory it's actually how we scan the environment for safety threat and threat to life and that will put us into different nervous system states mm-hmm. and that is quite different for different people so getting that understanding of nervous system states in inside of your own body um will really educate you on a quite deep level, you know, rather than going, oh, maybe I'm broken 
or something's wrong with me or I have to get mm. rid of this thing, I was like, oh, I, this is my reaction. This is my neuroception in this moment. What is going on? And, and if you can meet yourself with more curiosity, then, you know, like everything shifts. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I don't, well, I don't know. There's a part just in it made me think of like ignorance is bliss in a way. Like now that I've had all this eye-opening stuff, learned so much about myself, the nervous system and other people. But now I'm like, I just feel like I observe so much and I have a lot of awareness now, but I'm like, it makes me observe other people and I'm like oh but they're doing this because of this you know or I'm or it's given me a lot of compassion but I guess at times to be honest it's a little bit to my detriment because I'm like oh well you know <laughs> they just learned this from childhood so it's okay uh, or you know I, I guess it it, it 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 depends <laughs> if we attach uh, like a judgment of it you know rather than staying in that curious open connected state yeah <laughs> totally you know? and it's catching yourself when it, when it yeah. crosses that line of coming from a judgmental place because if it does really if we are making a judgment it's like okay i'm pointing one finger away from me but three back at myself and we don't we we really don't know what is going on for people never totally ever know totally yes and all like and just the understanding too it's like how much our past experiences in childhood and upbringing and everything impacts us right so Oh, it's just so complex for every single person, but I think I believe it's our well, my 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 belief is it's our, a bit of our duty to learn more about ourselves and understanding of ourselves and our histories, so our shit doesn't impact everyone else. Because mm-hmm. I've spent years until now. I mean, yes, it still happens. Of course, I'm not perfect at projecting all of my shit onto everyone else because of this stuff, which then feeds on down to generations and I can see so clearly why I do the things I do and it's like right this is why it's so important to me especially after having a child it's like yeah I'm so grateful for these tools because mm-hmm. I get to pass them on to her and not only that it's like breaking these intergenerational shit for yeah for her and ongoing because it's fucking crucial yeah like yeah I, I think I think know? it's it's my it's hands down my my biggest why is that like oh. yeah and I felt it Your in children. myself. Uh, not, not, not just my children. Uh, the big why for me is supporting people breaking intergenerational yeah. stuff and yeah. breaking up in a loving way, but patterns and so that they don't yeah. have to pass it on to their kids. And often, often actually people that I work with are parents and that's sort of the wake-up call when you start seeing, mm. oh, I am actually repeating certain things that I felt quite um, traumatized by or yeah. I don't know what is going on. All of a sudden we have these um, children that reflect back to us quite a lot <laughs> and um, really bring us to our limits at a point at points in time. And, yeah, it's it's it was for me, it was a big turning point becoming a mom. Um, yeah too and at the same time I yeah I wish I would have known <laughs> more about the nervous system a little bit earlier on in my my journey as a mom mm, but you do now I do now so, yeah and I yeah. yeah I can have uh conversations with my adult children about it <laughs> yeah and and yeah I just have to thank you so much as well for giving me actually you actually taught me emotional awareness first but like emotional intelligence I'm 
sure that, yes it was in me already but like you know it made me bring it out because then it's allowed me to teach Indy mm. which then she like the, what she's aware of within herself is outrageous like even her dad the other day was like she's got an emotional maturity of like a 15 year old and I've got you to thank mm. for that because I now can sit with her and go right you know we're able to openly and honestly speak of emotions what we're feeling to the point where when I first started working with you I remember one one situation just from what we were journeying through prior to that was in me like going and I would chat with her obviously like within reason um but like she said she snapped at me one night and I was like oh like got really upset I was like look I just I don't like it made me upset I just feel upset I'm just gonna go to sleep leave it and then five minutes later she gets upset and she says mum I'm very sorry but um I was just putting on to you my frustration from another situation, which I don't need to mention, um, but in another person, so her and someone else, she was putting on to me and she was sorry. And I was like, mm-hmm. what fucking nine-year-old knows that it's what she's just done mm-hmm. and had the awareness to realise she just projected something that was nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And we were able to like go on this like journey together of growing and healing and it's really special for me. Um, and even now, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but she's starting to suffer a lot of anxiety at night, but which these tools are allowing me to help her, but her to understand that it's okay and to like actually be able to regulate herself more because of what we've learned all together. And that is also not, not just meaning me and her, but it does flow to you, mm-hmm. you know? Like it really is like I could never thank you enough for all of that because mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been huge, but that is why I think we've resonated hugely as well as that our biggest values, one of our biggest values for both of us is healing intergenerational shit. Mm. And because of our past experiences in childhood, it's led us to now, which leads me into asking you briefly what led you to this work. Yeah. <laughs> what led me to this work? Um so apart, you know, I, I, I really think that our, our bodies, our organisms, um, they have a, an innate wisdom. So we want, like, we have self-healing bodies. So when we cut ourselves, it heals. When we have emotional wounds, the body wants to move towards healing and, and uh, balance, I think. So I think in there was the drive inside of me somehow, you know, like the, the movement, the unfurling towards uh, looking to just feel more at ease in my body. Um, I didn't, you know, like I knew that I had trauma, but I didn't realize um, the extent of it. So I had had some very significant traumatic life events and I thought it was that, you know, it was, oh, I haven't gr- processed grief from losing my brother, for example, you know, big stuff like that. So like that's the, the big traumas that sort of de- um, deserve the tick of a trauma, but it was actually other stuff that was in my body that led to um, dysregulation. Now I know it was dysregulation. And for me, it was um, a lot of digestive issues, a lot of digestive issues, um, anxiety and um, 
emotions going really up and down. Mm. And yeah, I <laughs> I have to laugh about this emotions going up. And you know, like in a way, it is a natural thing that happens. And we're not healing so that we then always are calm. And we don't, because life happens. We are designed to deal with trauma and we are designed, you know, like sometimes anxiety levels go up and then ideally we are, we know what to do with our bodies and our souls to come right again. But it was just always up and like it got worse when I had my children because of um, nutrients deficiency. Um, I'm celiac. So that got very out of balance and I, I was feeling pretty crook. So physically, you know, not in a good place. And I I sort of like accounted for the ups and downs and emotions or like volatility um, because I'm <laughs> originally Swiss Italian. So I was like, oh, it's the it's the Latin, the Latin heat. Uh, it makes me fly off my handle, um, which, you know, has changed. So and back pain back pain was another one so yeah very seized in the hips so I don't know I I was just seeking relief in different places and on very sort of roundabout ways (laughs) I I sort of call it the walking walking the labyrinth of healing so that playing on in the labyrinth it's not like a maze so you're not actually lost but you're going around the bends and doing the turns and being in darkness for it quite a while you know going in and then going back out um yeah so it's been a bit of a roundabout journey for me Mm. and that's it it's like as you said it's it's always layers right and it's we can easily think or attach one event or two events that were like the the tipping point or that caused the most dysregulation but and I'd agree with what you said. If I was to reflect back on my life, it's like I thought initially it was like this one thing that yeah. like hit me over the edge yeah. or whatever. It was just this one thing and I was fine before that. Like, mm. But really, you know, it started way back and mm. probably in the womb or yeah. before that, yeah. you know. So it's like that's also the understanding or the thing to be aware of. It's like it doesn't just, nothing just appears out of nowhere. It's like, all of these physical things that allow our bodies to speak to us as to what is what needs attention is has been building over time and yeah. over time and the body starts speaking and then if you start to ignore you know it'll whisper and it'll whisper and it'll whisper and if you don't listen it'll start screaming and screaming and screaming until you're like right, okay but it. you know you know like it's even talking about intergenerational stuff it's even more nuanced than that because when we develop as babies, um, it's called the social engagement system. So parts of our nervous system actually only comes online once we're born and we're starting to bond with our parents. And the parent can be, you know, attuned, which means, you know, they look after us, they love us, they're not fucked up in the, sorry, you know, like they're not (laughs) neglecting us on purpose. They're not bad parents. But if the parent has a dysregulated nervous system. So let's say, you know, they are a little bit in freeze or something with their vagus nerve is not quite how it should be. That's what we're learning. So Mm. it it jumps down generations via um, 
nervous system regulation as well. Yeah. Not just traumas that, you know, stuff that has happened to us. And yeah. I actually see this in, in my own children. I, you know, when I had them as babies, um, I was very clear that one of the woundings that I had was that I was left crying as a baby. Like they even said, you were such a stubborn baby, you would just not stop crying. And they did the thing where they just put me in the room. It has deep, deep implications for my life. When I had my children, I was like, I'll never let my child cry. You know, I did attachment parenting. I was there like attuning all the time. But I was young. I was quite anxious at the time. Uh, it was chaos. <laughs> and mm. I can see Definitely. it in my children. You know, like like because my nervous system was dysregulated when I was um, breastfeeding, when I was doing all the things, even though I was really, you know, like I, I wasn't yelling at them or leaving yeah. them to cry. Um, yeah. There's the, you can't like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I can't just go, oh, I'm breaking this intergenerational thing and it's finished. Uh, like uh, the way I see it, it, it's sort of like an avalanche and that that generation that sits, it's enough, pushes, you know, and holds. And there's still a bit of snow <laughs> crap going forwards. You're still going to pass stuff on, but at least you're conscious of it. Like what you say, you know, you can have these conversations with your child. They can learn techniques to help themselves to express themselves and they're allowed to express themselves we mm. we weren't yeah. you know like we were yeah. like shut up don't show emotion <laughs> yeah oh yeah. totally yeah 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 and uh, interesting you say about like the uh, even with my daughter a part of it like when I was pregnant I was as anxious as anything yeah. as fuck like yeah. I will swear about it because it was like I was but because of something that was going on in my personal life in regards to what it, like, it doesn't matter, but I was so anxious and I thought about it. I'm like, far out. Like I'm growing a baby in that environment and I am like so stressed and worried and, you know, and so part of it, and I get hard on myself at times, which is normal, but I've got to give myself compassion. It's like, she's predisposed really. And then, but then, you know, life happens and other things build on top of that. But then, you know, I think back to even my mum being pregnant, mm. and she, I know that she would say, I should possibly disagree. <laughs> but, you know, she, um, I, can't, I don't need to go into the details, but she was also very, uh, you know, dysregulated and struggling with some stuff while I was, well conceived and mm. at the beginning of my you know during me being in the womb and then I ended up being seven weeks prem like mm. I'm not you know it's just there's many layers and yeah. it's yeah, so it's so important I think to bring all of this into account just have awareness of it have it's awareness of it and also I think it's important to say you know for anyone listening we're not bashing parents no, of course. No, you know, like because, no. like, no, no when when you start doing your own work, you go, "Oh my god, I fucked up my kid," you know, and yeah, you know, like, there's well, so much to hold yeah. with that, and it's not like you can't avoid it, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. trauma is natural; it's a natural process. We can learn to deal with it, like to work with it more, 
and we can really mm. help ourselves on a physiological level to be more um, resilient. Mm. And that whole thing about, you know, the neuroplasticity of learning mm. goes both ways. You know, it's not just the neuroplasticity is not just there when we make bad experiences and things happen. We can also turn it around. So it, it's not set in stone. It can be reversed. Yeah, and that's what I love. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. I mean, the, the, in my experience, some of the last couple of years with you, it's like, it's not a quick fix. That's why I can understand a lot of people don't want to go down this road because it's hard work and it's confronting and it isn't overnight because rewiring neural pathways takes a fuck load of time. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, lately I've been having these experiences where I'm like, oh yeah, like I've got through this thing or I've healed this thing and I'm good, like, <laughs> and then and then I'll be like, something will trigger me, I'm like, bam, square one, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like, fuck, but then, you know, it's it's just a blimp and it's like, okay, just remember it takes time and that's okay. Um, but the, the ultimate benefit that you get in the long term, it's like you've got to put, it's, you've got to put in the work for the long term gain if I'm to reflect back on me two years ago and how anxious I was and dysregulated and I can same as what you said, the roller coaster of emotions, like all of that stuff. So like I don't even get, I mean, there's a, there's the odd thing that will make me anxious, like, but it'll be bladed, you know, it'll be past shit. But as a whole, I, I w- would say that I don't get anxious anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have anxiety. I don't get depression. I have normal emotions that run, you know, as as we all do and experience the broad spectrum of emotions, but it doesn't fucking flatten me and it doesn't pull me down to like the depths. It's just like, oh yeah, this is happening. This is going to pass. This is good. And it's just going to show me and your work and the what we've both put in the work, obviously, but what you've taught me is like, I've actually done the work to, I believe, cure my own anxiety to because I've learned how to regulate the nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I've got tools. It's not always regulated. Of course, I still get dysregulated. Yeah. And I'll have it out. But it's just like, it's incredible. And it's such a gift. It is such a gift to have this work that you're offering because to really reflect and understand that now I don't experience that. Like, how amazing is that? And and, and, and being, I didn't know about this work, having those experiences of feeling anxious and like what my daughter explains and expresses she's feeling and I know how crippling that is and you think you're never going to get out of it ever but you there is hope and there is pos- it's possible it is it's all possible you know yeah. it's just making that choice to want to want to want to be better want to feel better you know and it's hard and I understand the resistance that people have because you know to feel uncomfortable feelings or whatever can be very it can be too much and they don't have to kind of cope with it and yeah all of that um but in my from what I've experienced it's like it, it's for me it's harder to carry around even if it's, even if it's subconscious and most of the time it is pain from past experiences and things every single day then it is for me to just to go right bring it on I'm going to face it and I'm going to mm. feel it and I'm going to let it and then I can be free from this mm. which is that is but I'm very much like I, well, I'm a sucker for pain, I guess you could call it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love it. I'm like, let's cut me yeah. on what you got, you know. Um, but that leads me into asking you about, so this is, I guess with modalities, you know, you can do all the nervous system stuff. And I'd say for me, 
there's not been one thing that's fixed me in pilot. You know, like mm. there's not been one thing that I'm like, this is the only thing that's worked. But for me, I've done a number of things that have helped me along my journey, which would be like Vipassana meditation, 10 day silent retreats. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I would have thought I could be silent for 10 days, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do it. I'm all or nothing. You're, you're, you're braver than I'm me. A, I'm an all or nothing girl. I've actually signed that one. I'm on a wait list for one in a few weeks. So yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, let's go. I haven't had enough pain lately. So, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, it's not to put anyone off the passionate. It's not painful like that. But, um, you know, the passionate and then doing course with you, and I did another belief course with someone else. and um, I've done some plant medicines and things. So, and those have all been very beneficial and special and part of the journey and part of the pieces of the puzzle that have allowed me to regulate and free myself from from pain, essentially, I guess you should call it. Um, so, uh, I'd love you to talk to me about other ways of releasing emotional healing for you mm -hmm. that you've done okay um maybe i have to just take a, a little reverse. step reverse it a little bit because you know like i think so far we've talked about things like pain anxiety you know like stuff yeah. that is quite high activation and there's definitely you know a lot of suffering that is even more dysregulated actually that goes into the numbness and freeze yeah. Yeah. category yeah. yeah and i i was in that category so i was in a high functioning freeze so on the outside you know things were going okay and then on the inside i was having things like digestive issues and just bodily functions that were not working well at all and you saying, you know, like, uh, I'm a sucker for pain. Um, there is this movement, you know, like, if if someone has suffered quite a lot and they have dissociated or they have um, found ways of managing the pain by not feeling, mm. um, the way the nervous system works, like, when that wakes up, you, you can't jump from that numb place straight to feeling good. You have to go through a layer of activation, which comes with anxiety, which comes often comes with pain. And that can be a really hard place to be. So like often you come and then you all of a sudden feel quite a lot and it's overwhelming and you go back into numbing out. Yeah, that's one layer. The other layer is that society at large actually um encourages us to numb out and to it mm. we're getting um basically rewarded for being calm and you know numb yeah so yeah. and even with so-called tools like meditation and whatnot you know like if, if not done properly we can actually sort of bypass stuff and then go back yeah. into that numb place and i think in my own life that's actually probably what happened like that I had some tools and I managed myself but I was always in this numb place and it took it took quite a lot of courage to go through that layer of yeah this really you know like what we yeah. will call this regulation like high high activation and yeah the tools um the tools that resonated with me um 
I'm just trying to think. So a lot of it all goes into like a category of things that, again, came out of my survival mechanisms. You know, it came out of my the way I survived as a kid, and that was nature connection. So mm-hmm. for me, people were unsafe. So I would, you know, bond with a pet, like some such deep bond with a pet that it was absolutely devastating, heartbreaking. I was still processing 20 years on when that pet got taken away type thing. And being in the garden, being in the forest, being with away with the fairies, you know, so, sort of those kind of imaginal realms. And later on, I, I sort of accessed those with uh, trance journeys, shamanic drumming, that kind of stuff. Also plant medicine, um, fasting in nature, Mm-hmm. That was the, the the kind of flavor that I loved, and the 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 healing journey or the professional development after the healing journey, or sort of parallel to the healing journey that you see now, came actually from um, a bush sit. So I I was in the bush by myself fasting for four days and just it's a <laughs> you know just like doing that, and it was like. The, the the core was uh, I I I feel really really connected to plants. I want to be more connected to plants. It then led me, like it was always already as as a child and teenager. I was really fascinated with the Amazon rainforest, so it led me to the Amazon rainforest and led me to plant medicine in Peru. And it was a very deep, very deep process with being with plant medicines, but also being immersed in a place in nature where yeah. there's still ancestral and indigenous knowledge where you know that the, the system of looking at the world and looking at how everything is animated so the animist way of looking um of perceiving the world was is still intact and it felt to me um that felt like a home homecoming yeah. so the animist Animist being, it's not a religion, but it's 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 the original way that we learned about our place in nature was that everything around us also has consciousness, and in some places that's really not the case anymore now, and in other places like in the Peruvian jungle, it's definitely still is alive, and it was extremely healing just you know like really calming to the nervous system on one hand <laughs> and then there was yeah. the, the, the whole thing about the the plant uh, ceremonies was a bit dysregulating as well you know the late nights and all the things yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah just a deep yearning to understand more and for connection it was actually connection yeah. and then slowly you know connecting with people and understanding that especially when there's wounding around um you know develop developmental trauma wounding around um caregivers and so forth like we eventually have to heal in connection to other humans in relationship mm-hmm. you know can't yeah. just go out and sit in in, <laughs> in the cave meditating by ourselves to heal relational wounds yeah 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 um because I certainly liked, I've done many isolated 
meditations and well retreats and things like that where I've also fasted for extended periods of time and actually 11 days I did with my stepdad Mm -hmm. in Australia but it was a it was all in a very um controlled environment and you know was made in a way that it was you know in a safe way wasn't just me being like right I'm gonna go do this but um what was yeah really special for me like me just coming up and spending time with you and Nelson and getting to meet you in real life because mm-hmm. we'd spent all of our our comms were by Zoom and we developed such a close relationship not in person but we journeyed my way out to Nelson it was so it was just so special and it didn't it never for one never for a moment felt like we'd never met mm-hmm. but, <laughs> um, but yeah just just being able to come and just learn from you because you do offer many other things in relation what I guess people can reach out to you in regards to that um but just connecting to nature and um using different plant medicines for healing as well and the just being able to really understand like what you said, the connection to nature and how we're not separate and how just to be able to have that understanding and how powerful it, it all is and how, how we're always supported and we're always guided, mm-hmm. always. Like we're never, ever alone, ever. Um, and that was, yeah, it's just, it's just so powerful. But being able to, you know, I was able to sit with myself again which I like because as I've said the medicine for me has been slowing right down and you've been teaching me to slow down because my state was always fight or flight and running and rushing and any form of distraction I could do to not feel Mm -hmm. that was my biggest thing which caused me to get sick and so to be able to have a safe space where I was able to be by myself a lot of the time to really create um, relationship and a bond with plants to understand what like what many different plants can do for us um, if we tune into ourselves to learn what needs to be tuned into and what needs to come up and what needs to be healed, but what what they can do for us as well if we listen and just allowing the to trust myself and plant medicine to allow me to to free myself from things within my body that needed to come out mm. you know yeah yeah um yeah yeah i mean you know are you okay if i just riff off this for a moment mm. yeah what sort of comes up you know like also the question you, you you were asking you know what kind of modalities and um i'm sort of thinking you know what were the modalities there there's a few but 
what I'm coming to understand in myself on my journey and just working with clients is that many things can be portals. Mm. Many things can be portals. And the reason why I call um, my business Sensational Relations, so it plays on, you know, sensing and relations as, you know, we're all relations. So relationship to self, relationship to the world, inside outside like down down family lines you know ancestry but the um how shall i put this many different things can be portals into this and i when i when i think about plant medicine you know like we have a you know it's it's exploding everywhere and like there's a lot of talk about plant medicine it's it's very hip and amazing you know like so much love and gratitude towards plant medicine in my own heart and at the same time um you know the word using like we're using something and i think the shift for me has been isn't it not, you know, what can this thing do for me? What can this supplement do for me? What can this plant do for me? What can this person do for me? It's like creating relationship and that the medicine actually is in the relationship, you know? And we have unnumeral, you know, so many, so many opportunities for building relationship if we slow down and actually are present with it. And the slowing down is not an easy thing because world is <laughs> quite fast and we're conditioned to be fast and be on time and have to do all the things. And I'm hearing, you know, like you, you, you hear on social media, and which is kind of funny because it's fast social media, but people are talking about slowing down, about the medicine of slowing down. And I really, really feel it. it is the medicine of our time. And mm-hmm. we need to slow down slowly because... You can't just go press a button and, and slow down. You know, it's scary, eh? So, yeah. Because we might fail sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, sometimes it's, fa- it's, it's cool to be fast, but as a general trajectory in the work and in my own body, I have slowed down. I'm steering away from cathartic stuff into small and doable and repetition because... You re- I think you require like 3,000 repetitions to embody something. So it's a lot of practicing. <laughs> mm. And if it's not small and doable, you know, and linked to other things and kind of pleasurable, if it hurts all the time, you're not going to do it. So, yeah. 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 I like that. I like you saying that because it, 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 I guess how I said, I'm just reflecting back now, like, you know, I'm a sucker for pain and all this stuff, which isn't, <laughs> which is true. But, yeah. but, doesn't mean that everything has to be hard or mm. painful or that's not, you know, I think there's this misconception of sitting with yourself or choosing to sit for 10, like 10 hours a day meditating or choosing plant medicine or whatever your thing is yeah. to like heal. There's this perception that, it's going to be really hard and painful and traumatic and it's going to completely ruin us and it's the only way to do it. That's the only way to heal. Hard and fast and body's both. Yeah. 
and because of you said with the conditioning we've had but really yeah it's um I think a lot of it the perception unless you've experienced these things then it's actually not always necessarily necessarily the case and then it allows us to be scared and fearful and not gravitate towards these things because of x y and z or how the media's portrayed something which is not fucking true anyway but we've got to choose to do them ourselves in our own paces but also i like your approach and especially that last uh gentle flow breathwork we just did and exactly what i just explained at the start was i my perception was breath work. Oh fuck, here we go. I better prepare myself because whenever I've gone and sat with a with the holotropic breath work or whatever, <laughs> I've just ended up fucking losing it and just regulating myself more and crying and not feeling good for ages. It's just not mm. not been my medicine, which some people it works for massively and it's great. But it's very fast, very intense. So that can be frightening, but it's really clear what I want to make really clear is the work with you isn't like that. It mm. is very safe it is going at where we're being very mindful of how how fast we're moving and how you know like the tools that we use or even just getting into our bodies in a session that we'll do it's like we're not going to push it too far you're going to dip your toes in Mm -hmm. you're not going to fucking dive in head first it's like slowly and it's safe and it creates trust and it creates safety which then creates the release right and i just want to make that clear I, i want people to know that are mindful or apprehensive of trying this sort of thing it's done in such a safe way and slow way which does feel it for me felt really uncomfortable because it's not what I was used to which was going fast and hard and that is my nature I know that that is who I am like with everything actually but those can be to your detriment and it can be harmful so it's like even in regards to like I love it how you know, there's been the moments when I have been really rushed and dysregulated and always rushing in urgency, always feeling urgency. And But then to check in with you and you're like, you know, you need to go slower than you want to go. And then when you get to that point, go even slower than that and then go even slower than that again. And, you know, there's just such a... But it takes time because it feels different, so it feels uncomfortable, but just with anything it's like we what's the rush like there's time whether that be with healing or getting into a relationship or whatever and a huge one for me is like rushing into a relationship and like meeting someone <laughs> going yes this is so good all we gotta like get married straight away whatever and then it always shit so it's like slow down like mm. you know you can you can use this tool to every area of your life because I believe in the slowness is where we get to really learn ourselves and just be mindful of just patterns and what we're doing, but really knowing it just gives us time to make sure things are right and whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that includes slowing down. So slowing down to slow down because we can't just, hurry up and slow down you know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Paradox. it is a paradox and actually that word you know like the word paradox if i would have to sum up i mean there's many many learnings that came from plant medicine for me but if i had yeah. to choose one word it is paradox and the the lesson in what paradox means and to me what it means is there is both and 
So it's not either or, it's not black and white. There is room for multiple things. Um, there is room for choice. It can change. You can change your mind. And then later I understood, you know, like when you integrate plant medicine experiences, all of a sudden I was like, the teaching and the parad like the ter paradox teaching um, actually really slots in with trauma therapy. It really okay. slots in with, because to be trauma, at least trauma aware, trauma informed in, in facilitation, we need to give choice. We need to, you know, safely slow things down so that we can pick up on what is going on, give choice yeah. to partake or not partake. Um, another thing is, you know, bite-sizing things. So a way of slowing down is like, just make the bites smaller. So if you can't, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, if you're still eating really fast, but rather than taking these big chunks, just take smaller chunks and yeah, so that you that. can digest it better. And the digestion, to bring it back to, to, to my own story, um, I I mean, there is celiac and celiac, I, I'm sure that the celiac was also um, basically turned on by trauma, but... Mm. So I'm not eating gluten, but I was not eating gluten and I was so, up, I had such an upset um, digestion. And with the nervous system healing, that has come right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I have this metaphor of like, I am bite-sizing things and I'm chewing better, giving it more time and I'm actually mm -hmm. digesting things, you know? So both inside my body, but also emotionally. And, and externally. Yeah. Yes. And that's yes. what I'm really inviting clients into is, now, and for those of you, you know, like I love the fast ones a lot, you know, that <laughs> are fast and urgent. It's like, you know, we're actually getting there faster by slowing down. So there is that paradox. Just trust yes. that the slowing down will get you there faster. And yeah, I, I yeah, I, I can really relate to the fast humans and I love you lots and that's why we love each other so much yeah you know and it's not about beco <laughs> becoming really slothy or slow all the time it's just about having choice to slow down when it counts you know to actually go shit what's what's going on you know what do I need a tuning takes time yeah, I'm still, still, still doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a lifelong thing, but that's okay. It is okay. Um, it is, you know, that's what it, it means to be alive. Mm. Yes, I like this. Mm. So, um, just to start to wrap up, what would you, I know that this is very, there's layers, there's many different things, there's different ways of coming at it. What would be, just off the top of your head now, for people that have done nothing, none of this work, a manageable, simple way to to give yourself a sense of or to regulate if you're feeling a bit off. What could what could be something someone could go and do? Maybe it's two things, but what okay. would be your 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 top thing? Okay, my top thing. Let me think. Feel into this. So my top thing would be to pay attention to the breath. If possible, you know, like if you're very anxious, like don't trust your breath the way it needs to come. But if you can nose breathe, do that and try and just mindfully elongate the exhale a little bit, which means 
the exhale is a little bit longer than your inhale but without messing with the breathing pattern too much you know and put the hand somewhere just ask yourself where would my body want to be held right now put the hand there and give yourself support so you know often when we are activated there is some kind of somatic so it means like a bodily kind of response so often that's like butterflies in the stomach or a knot in the stomach or you know something in the, in the throat i can't you know just simply i've got you you know and just elongating the breath a little bit Mm. And anything you can do on your neck, because that's where the vagus nerve comes out, you know, like you can give yourself a little massage. Mm. And that's to sort of calm down, I guess, you know, just to come into regulation. But I, I really would like to emphasize that regulation is not necessarily being calm. So mm. it's not. So if, if these things repeat, you know, like it, it's really useful to look at it. It's really useful to learn a little bit more about your nervous system and to understand the states you're in, you know, the states being, oh, I'm really angry or I want to run away or I'm shut down and learn to hold yourself in, in those uh, places a little bit better. And there's many tools, you know, that can be done and there's lots of, of stuff online, people talking about it now. Some of the tools, you know, like are a bit quick fixy type. You can't just do the things you see on Instagram and then get regulated. It's a little bit more complex, yeah. complex than that, you know. But yeah, you know, in an emergency situation, that self-holding, self-attunement, like, you know, like you would with a child that is crying, like just do the same thing to yourself. And learning about polyvagal theory <laughs> would be very useful. Yes. So there's like that um, podcast called, called Stuck Not Broken by Justin Sunseri. Very good, life-changing few episodes. I need to start listening to that again. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. You know, a really yeah. simple way of explaining something that could be a little bit dry and <laughs> jargony. Very playful way of learning about it. Yeah, beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you so, so, so much. Is there anything else you want to add that I've missed that like could be a golden nugget or no, it's okay I, if it's I, not? No, I think it it's good, you know, if people want to go and check out um the website. Uh I haven't you know, we haven't even talked about the whole sexual embodiment aspect of, of my work and the pelvic work. So that's that's huge, that, that's yeah. it's big and um yeah it's it's sort of the next step after basic um re, it's actually about reinstating embodied safety and it, it's such a big thing for so many people like people don't even know that they feel unsafe in their body and once they do it's like coming home to yourself so it's beautiful so really mm. encouraging however that looks to to start turning towards yourself which quite often, you know, you're just saying that it's like so often and I'm so guilty for it. And the past is reaching out externally from myself, mm -hmm. you know, for, for 
needs to be met that to fill my cup up to make me feel validated whatever it is but actually it's always been about coming it's it's again you know that's that thing with the both and it's not just about you giving that to yourself you also heal in relationship so of course you're wired to reach out and want want connection and wanting these needs to be met by other people it's the both end you know Mm. Yeah, but, and then also understanding that not everyone can meet our own needs, but we have the ability to do that. Mm. But you're, you're so right. It's like, oh, one last thing I'll say is, you know, just even in relationships in the past, and it's like, you know, we might be dysregulated, and then, but we actually, a lot of the time, it's not about being apart. It's actually needing each other. You need that other person yeah, to do. regulate yourself yeah. and trying to, to co-regulate together. So mm. you can't always do it alone. No. And, no. I had quite a few experiences in the last couple of years where I needed that person so much, not because, not in a selfish way, but without, like, to make me feel skin. And it, that is actually crucial if you, mm-hmm. and like you said, if you educate yourself enough on the polyvagal theory, that that's actually what yeah. we need. We but need social engagement. That, we need social engagement. Yeah. 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 And I mean, in a way, that's what we're doing in the sessions we're co-regulating so i i don't just bring tools and processes like i am showing up in a regulated way and my nervous system is there for the client's nervous system to you know mirror yeah and i meet them where you know like i'm i'm actually somatically connected to clients and of course, like in, in our primary relationships, it's huge, you know, and often we turn away from each other because then the wounding of both people come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, probably that's the, the last thing I'd say, like I also work with couples, so it, it's sort of exponentially more complicated, but very worthwhile as well to do this as a couple. Yeah. yeah. So couples, singles, sexual embodiment work, the sexual the sexual embodiment work as a sort of thread woven in because i'm i'm just um it it was a real big part or it it still is it's a really big part of my healing journey and i'm I'm just acknowledging that especially in therapy there's not that much you know like talk about sexuality and sexuality is a huge part of our thriving our wounding you know it's massive it's like life force energy so it's definitely a part of my work yeah yeah I love I love that and it, I'll just finish on saying like it, it's so true and it's so it's, it seems to have been of course it is it's so taboo to talk about it mm. anything sexual sexual or our sexual energy or whatever but that also is such a huge part of our holistic health right yeah so like yeah. sexual our sexual um health and, yeah and also uh, like and it, pleasure Pleasure in the widest widest sense of the word. So not just sexual pleasure, but also sexual pleasure. Pleasure heals. Because pleasure in the body signals safety. We we don't, you know, I mean, unless you have overcoupled like certain sexual response with something dangerous. But actual authentic pleasure, it's like, you know, exhale. And that's healing. Yeah, I, to- I, I yeah, so agree with you. And I do remember a couple of years ago and I said, I think, what did I say? I don't know, we're talking about, but you were like, if pleasure makes you, if it's making you feel regulated, do more of it, do it, keep doing it. Because it's, 
and I would even notice like after like say after that I would have like a lot of um you know how you uh, what's the word I'm looking for like energetic release mm-hmm. like even in my pelvis mm-hmm. like naturally yeah. so it's like that is almost like that I couldn't believe it I was like whoa like my pelvis is just, it was like all that stuck energy or that needed to be re- removed released was naturally doing that because I felt safe and it, mm-hmm. it was followed from pleasure right like, yeah and I mean it, like just to like, mention the vagus nerve once more you know like the vagus nerve is our mind-body connection travels all the yeah. way from it, it's a cranial nerve so it means it doesn't travel in 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 the spine it travels through from our you know brain stem at the back through all the vital organs down into the cervix mm. so you know like when you're when we're activating the the vagus nerve we, we can do this in different ways you know we can do self-massage and you, you mentioned the gorgeous ball you know how much i i love um the the, the visceral massage with the soft big gorgeous ball but pleasure in the cervix is also a way of stimulating working with gentle breath and the heart space the sternum is a way of regulating having vibration so you can have a vibration ball you know like something like this that just vibrates um on different places in the body is a form of stimulation if it feels regulating you know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. different types of pleasure you know different sensations on the on the skin different smells five senses beautiful you know it doesn't need to be full-on sexual pleasure all the time but pleasure mm. is healing yeah mm. and it, even just like i also did a um a, like deep dive sexual kind of wellness course where i learned so much but the healing and that understanding just even what you said about the anatomy with the cervix and mm. how it's connected to the heart you know like how much healing that was for me like learning we were uh, has bent into sexuality but just to finish it's like when you learn about that part and you don't ignore that side of you and not be ashamed of it and actually explore how much that brought to me so for example it's like if you're as you said if you feel safe to do it and you learn you learn safely and the ways to do it but if you're activating that the cervix and then learning that you can experience pleasure from there if that's connected then that's so heart opening and releasing as well like i'd end up in tears mm. but in a good way just mm. so connected to my heart and that was that is the whole yeah that's just we're adding on to us as you said the key the base here is getting the nervous system feeling yeah. safe first with all these yeah. other things and then building on to the sexuality because yeah. you've got to feel safe first to be able to access yeah this other because stuff. like the you know the sexuality practices the plant medicine um ceremonies that's sort of you know like built on the foundation of nervous system regulation feels totally, totally. different you know there's not the the risk of re-traumatization yeah. you know we can't like really wanting to hold um it gently because shame shame is a a gnarly emotion and sexual trauma is you can't just undo that with a little bit of breath work and you know it's a it's a big process so the foundation is nervous system regulation with gentle tools you know things that nearly feel too like at first sight look too simple or too 
non-invasive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's going to do nothing. I'm like, why am I doing It will do something. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not doing that ball or I don't want to mm. rub that freaking brush on my leg. Like it's not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. I love that. I love talking about this stuff. And this has been such a, a special conversation for me. And just, I'm really, my, my intention for this was to, I'm hoping to bring awareness for people of this work and of your work because it's truly amazing and you're so magical at it and you have such a gift and just thank you it's a, like such a huge gratitude from my heart to yours like of how much you've just changed my whole life and how mm-hmm. to have met someone like you in my life and mm-hmm. to have you I know that I'm going to be connected with you for the rest of my life and it will you know and how special that is and it is it is very yeah. special yeah and you know it, it's it's mutual so yeah working with clients to me is very sacred yeah and yeah you hold a very very special place in my heart yeah yeah i really feel that so thank you so much just for your spending your having for your time thanks and, for having me <laughs> If anyone wants more information, please, you can reach out to me or Verena. At, it's um, sensationalrelations.com and Verena at sensationalrelations.com. So I will link all of those to the bottom of the notes so then we can get anyone that wants more information to link those. Um, and if anyone wants to ask me any more questions about my experience with Verena, I'm more than happy to talk about that. And I just thank you so much for listening and I hope that everyone enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode, hit like and subscribe or please share it with someone you feel would benefit from hearing it too. My mission is to empower others to be the best version of themselves they can be. The more this content is shared, the more likely it is to help others on their journey. If you're wanting more resources, please head to my website at www.wanakabody.co.nz where you can find my coaching options, blog, Instagram and Facebook pages for any other assistance you may need. Last but not least, I want to thank you for showing up to listen to what I have to share and most importantly for showing up for yourself. See you next time.